It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, August 10th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The Assembly is streamlining the process for how commercial passenger vessels' excise tax funds are spent in Sitka. The CPV is a head tax collected by the state and distributed to port cities. The Assembly on Tuesday unanimously approved an ordinance that both further aligns outdated city code with the state and also would reestablish a procedure for public participation in spending the funds. CPV funds are regulated and must be spent on infrastructure or services that benefit marine passenger transportation. And the exponential growth in tourism that Sitka is experiencing means more money in the fund. Right now, the balance is just over $2 million. Earlier this year, the Assembly created a tourism task force that's meant to make recommendations on everything from the level of tourism in Sitka to an annual review cycle on how tourism money is spent. Assemblymember J.J. Carlson, the task force liaison, said that the ordinance was coming at a good time for them in their own plan. They were asking um, for kind of what that some dates in that cycle, and that's exactly what this is ordinance is bringing forward. Um, kind of the the March like look at the monies that's available, and then a process that happens kind of between March and September, and then that September um, administrative proposals process. So this. Um, is really in line with Tourism Task Force. If the ordinance passes on final reading, each March the Assembly could call for public proposals to spend the funds. Those proposals would be reviewed by the Assembly in the fall. Scott Saline filed late Friday to run for one of three open seats on the Sitka Assembly. Saline is a refrigeration entrepreneur and owner of Sea Daddy, a drop-in seafood grill on Catleyann Street. KCAW's Catherine Rose spoke with Saline about his decision to run for public office. So you're running for a seat on the Sitka Assembly. Can you tell me why it is you've decided to throw your hat in the ring? I'm running for Assembly because... I know McGraw's didn't put the outhouse trailer on Lincoln Street. I know McGraw's didn't shut down Catleyann Street and then block off the sidewalk so grandma's raising grandkids got to get down in the bottleneck of the street and go next to a million charter buses up on step and the fuel trucks on their schedule and the harbor monsters going from one end of town to the other. I don't have any government experience except being on the Historical Preservation Committee And that's a whole nother story. And, you know, the assembly wants to know why you can't get anybody to get on a board or a commission. I got kind of a clue on that after seven years. And, uh, you know, living in the Sitka village here and lack of infrastructure. And now I find out the power that was going to square away the infrastructure here on Catlian and Kirkman Way and Caguantan is going to be diverted over to new thompson or old thompson harbor parking lot to search and uh you know they they want to have city staff spend time on getting windmills that sounds good well let's talk about what happened with our pen stock and so if you look at a supreme court law that i've talked about twice at the assembly and that municipal policy makers cannot be indicted for policy decisions of malice or uh incompetence unless money exchanged hands so if you block off the sidewalk on Catlian or you don't if somebody's killed 
either way, it doesn't matter. And so really it's just obstruction of commerce showing power. And it's like the Anchorage administrator closing down their homeless shelter on a cold night and then making people find some other place to go. And then if somebody would have died then, that protects the guy from any kind of lawsuit. Oh, he made a mistake or he's incompetent. Boy, I tell you, I've been in Sitka more than 40 years, living in the village all that home time. And if anybody wants to take a tour, come on down. I'll show you how institutionalized racism, colonialism at the end, with another big clatter of money with the charter and tour industry trashing the town. I'll take you on a tour by house by house of even where the houses used to be and show you, you know, city doing stuff just like blocking the sidewalk on various clan houses and Anyway, that's why I'm running. Um, sorry, trying to quit coffee. Been 35 days. I love Sitka. Thank you. And so just to clarify for listeners, Catlian Street was shut, shut down for a, peri- a long period of time after one of the clan houses started to slump into the street and it, the sidewalk remains closed today. So this was the tipping point for you to run. You also mentioned energy and infrastructure. Are there other things you're interested in focusing on on the assembly? Yeah, if I get the chance to visit with everybody, I'm going to prove to them that we need to start a letter asking the Corps of Engineers to eliminate their requirement to bury ground source heat pump uh, plastic pipe, you know, across the tidelands. That's like you got to trench it out and it's it's just too much expense. And so, yep, heat pumps are good, but what's better than an air-to-air heat pump? is a water-to-air heat pump. So new Coast Guard housing that's coming up, if that eliminate, if that core engineer requirement is eliminated, Coast Guard's going to do what the one vertical well at search is going to do, but they can tap the constant heat of the ocean, not an air-to-air like where it's cold and zero out. The thing has to run longer to heat you because there's less heat in the outside air. Yeah, it's better than fossil fuels, but Sitka's a joke in the refrigeration world, having all the access to constant, never colder than 40 degree ocean water. And we got our dam, the Penn Stock. Now they want to do another dam. And no, uh, it, it, ain't, it ain't practical. That was Assembly candidate Scott Saline speaking with KCAW about his decision to run for the Sitka Assembly. Sitka's municipal election is Tuesday, October 3rd. Kodiak fishermen are disappointed by yet another setback to this year's salmon season. Trident Seafoods announced over the weekend that they will pay just 20 cents per pound for chums and will stop buying salmon altogether from most of the state starting in September. As KMXT's Brian Venua reports, it comes as fishermen have faced lower prices across the state compared to last year. Trident announced the price drop in a letter to its fleet on Saturday. That's less than half of last year's price per pound. In the same letter, the company said it will not participate in fall salmon fishing and will only purchase salmon from Petersburg and Cordova South starting in September. Jerry Common Kanagan has fished for Trident Seafoods for decades. She says seeing the price drop so low this year is frustrating. It makes it extremely difficult as a commercial fisherman to make expenses and even to make a profit, which is what we're in it for, especially when the fuel prices have gone up and grocery prices have all risen. It's taking away anything that we might be able to make. She says Trident claimed they would pay about 30 cents per pound earlier this season before lowering its base price. Kodiak fishers have also faced lower prices for tanner crab earlier this year. 
A lot of the island's fleets also fishes for Bristol Bay sockeye, where processors announced significantly lower prices earlier this season compared to last year as well. But lower prices aren't the only issue. Late runs and fall fishing is usually Kodiak's bread and butter, and the island had a large pink salmon forecast. Cobbin Kanagan says she usually fishes into the fall, but now her season's been cut short. Cutting it off about the 1st of September, that's where we typically fish silvers. And having that cutoff date does impact our ability to earn more money because we could still be fishing until the 15th of September or so. Trident said in the letter that the move is in response to Russian fishers flooding the market for salmon. A spokesperson for Trident emphasized global market conditions and had no further comment when reached by email. Greg Smith is the communications director for the Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute. He says ASME recently received more funding from the state legislature and they're doing their best to move Alaskan salmon as fast as possible. We're using that to reach out and do additional work, promotions, to increase market and and demand at retail, food service, and then direct to consumer. We we know there's more work to be done, and and we'll we'll do that work to stimulate the market and and stimulate demand. Cobbin Kanagan says she wouldn't be surprised if her peers who fish for other processors receive similar announcements soon. There's quite a few people that are impacted, and what happens, the reality of what happens is that when one processor puts out an announcement like that, typically... Other processors follow that situation. In the meantime, she and others will just have to hope for the best out of the situation. In Kodiak, I'm Brian Venois. As the Alaska Beacon reports, Alaska tribes and the University of Alaska Fairbanks will receive more than $350,000 in grants as part of the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, known as NAGPRA, the National Park Service announced on Monday. The groups will put the money toward bringing objects of cultural significance back to Alaska. NAGPRA requires federal agencies and institutions that receive federal funds, like museums, universities, or state agencies, to return Native American, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian human remains and other cultural items to the appropriate owners. The law was passed in 1990. The Central Council of Klinka and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska and Kalingan Tribe of Unalaska will receive money for the repatriation of remains and significant objects. Klinka and Haida has repatriated more than 130 objects since its first NAGPRA grant in 1993. There are also federal funds for consultations where tribes meet with museums to identify cultural objects. Clinkett and Haida will use its share of that money to visit Phoebe A. Hearst Museum of Anthropology at the University of California, Berkeley, and the University of Pennsylvania Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology, where its specialists will determine which objects of cultural patrimony should be restored to clans. This year, a total of 16 tribes and 28 museums nationwide will use the $3.4 million in grant money from this federal program. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. 